Welcome to the GMAT Strategy Podcast. You're here because you believe there's a better way to study for the GMAT, and so do I. I created the GMAT Strategy to maximize your results and minimize your efforts so you can get to the fun parts about business school and life as quickly as possible. My name is Isaac Puglia, and I've been teaching GMAT classes and tutoring privately for the GMAT for over six years, and I personally have achieved a 99th percentile score on an official GMAT exam and helped hundreds of students get into the business schools of their choice. I'm excited to be a part of your MBA journey since I think the world can benefit from the best possible business leaders that we can find. And if this show is bringing you value, please share it with your friends and family who are studying for the GMAT so that together we can make this process as easy and painless for as many people as we possibly can. Let's go. Hey everyone, back with some more official GMAT problems to do together. As always, I recommend pausing the episode after I read each question to you and writing out the full solution that you would write out if you were trying to make your scratch work so clear that someone else not studying for the GMAT could tell exactly how you thought through the problem. That's the metric that I use with all my in-person students and my tutoring students so that they can judge whether their scratch work is clear enough. If you are driving or at the gym, then just pause the podcast and at the very least, force yourself to visualize what your scratch work would look like if you were executing on the question. Let's get into it. Number 22 from the 11th edition of the official guide, problem solving question. If each of the following fractions were written as a repeating decimal, which would have the longest sequence of different digits? Answer option A, 2 divided by 11. Answer option B, 1 divided by 3. Option C, 41 divided by 99. Option D, 2 divided by 3. Option E, 23 divided by 37. This is really an interesting question in the sense that you can use a little bit of tactical knowledge to make an elimination quickly, and then you kind of just have to grind it out with the long division. So the good news is it can't be B or D because those are just one number repeating infinitely. In the case of one-third, it's 0.3 repeating forever, and in the case of two-thirds, it's 0.6 repeating forever. So if we're looking for the one that would have the longest sequence of different digits, if B is the answer, why is D not the answer? And if D is the answer, why is B not the answer? So we can immediately eliminate those because those have exactly the same number of digits, and there can only be one that has the longest sequence of different digits. At that point, though, we are stuck just doing out the decimals, unless you have your 11th or your 37th memorized, which most people probably don't. So it's a good time to recommend that there are certain questions where you can use like a shortcut and avoid a bunch of math, which is awesome. And I think a lot of prep classes tend to focus on those because that's really their job in a prep class is to teach you tactics that you wouldn't necessarily be able to get other places or at least organize your learning. But there is a time and a place to just grind it out with long division. And so if you're not feeling super confident with your computation skills, you definitely want to work on that. Khan Academy has some awesome videos on YouTube that can help with that. And the Foundations of Math Book by Manhattan Prep is also excellent. I recommend that frequently. And that's just because we're going through a lot of these sort of uh, what I would call, I don't know, questions that just test your core math skills kind of stuff. 
And there's plenty of those on the GMAT. So you just want to drill these until you're super, super confident. And the whole Foundations of Math book is totally geared toward that. So if you don't have a copy of that already, definitely get one. And if you have your copy, but you're not working out of it, the best way to go through that book is at least 10 minutes a day at the start of every one of your study sessions if you're already in a class. And if you are not, uh, haven't started studying deeply yet for the test, then I would recommend just going through the entire book, every other problem. And I talk about that in my first episode, which is how to start your GMAT studies. At the end of the day, you're going to wind up doing out 2 divided by 11, and you're going to wind up doing out 4 divided by 99. And I think both of those end up going for three different numbers before they end, or sorry, two different numbers before they end. Um, I should just do the math out real quick. Sorry, everybody. I realized I planned this episode a couple days ago. Yeah, so 2 divided by 11 is just 0.18 repeating forever. And then 41 divided by 99 is just 414141 repeating forever. So again, those tie. And so on, at that point on the exam, you just want to go for E. And it's a good time to make another uh, point, which is that when you're studying, it's okay to kind of be like second-guessing yourself and things like that. But when you're on the test, you really just want to be super decisive and just say, okay, I've eliminated four options. It's got to be E. I'm not going to spend any extra time to double-check that. That's my philosophy on the real exam, um, unless you have a lot of extra time on your hands, in which case, for sure, go for it. So that's pretty much that question in a nutshell. Now, number 23 in the book is a graphs question, which I just don't think is going to translate well to the podcast. So I'm going to skip over that one and go to 24, which reads, A rope 40 feet long is cut into two pieces. If one piece is 18 feet longer than the other, what is the length in feet of the shorter piece? So again, if you struggle with this type of question, Foundations of Math is going to be a, a big lifesaver for you because there's a whole chapter on algebraic translations, some really good tactics. And really the key with translations is just practicing. You really just want to practice because it's a skill. If you struggle with math translations, then the best free tip I can give you is just always break longer sentences into pieces, break them into chunks. And that also goes on the verbal section as well. If you're reading like long reading comp sentences or long critical reasoning sentences, even long sentence corrections, breaking them into pieces is a really helpful way to help your brain process that stuff a little more accurately. So you don't get lost in the big picture. And I find that that's really difficult for people on word translations, especially under time pressure. So with this one, you're going to end up translating, hopefully creating a variable for the, uh, the shorter piece of rope. Let's call that X. And then you are going to say that the longer piece is x plus 18. And what do we know about those two pieces? We know that they sum to 40. So you'll wind up with x, the shorter piece, plus x plus 18, the longer piece. And that gets you an equation that you can solve, um, hopefully, relatively quickly. That would get you 2x if you simplified equals 22. And so x would be 11. Now, a good note here, this isn't maybe the best example of this, but I've, I've talked about this in the past and I'll talk about it in the future, I'm sure. The key to all word problems really is organization and setup. So always make sure that you're taking your time reading and setting up word problems, because if you can set them up right, you almost certainly can do the math relatively quickly. That's true about 90% of the time in word problems. So that's that one. Let's hit one more. Number 25. The earth travels around the sun at a speed of approximately 18.5 miles per second. This approximate speed is how many miles per hour? 
This at the end of the day is really just a unit conversion question with some multiplication involved. And anytime they're throwing units at you, the main focus that, that you want is make sure you write down every single unit and physically, visually, cross off the units that cancel as you multiply through the unit change. This is so, so important because almost all of you, even if your skills aren't there right now, by the time you take the test, your skills are gonna be there to solve the math in a question like this. But if you mess the question up because of a unit change or because you inverted a unit by accident, then you're gonna be really, really sad. And I just see it happen all the time. Honestly, the people who make the biggest mistakes on these types of questions are the people who are really, really good at math because they're overconfident. And that's just something to look out for. I mean, if you're that good and you're crushing the quant section, then yeah, by all means, keep doing what you're doing, for sure. But just watch it, just watch it. If you end up making mistakes on questions that you know how to do, then you really wanna make sure you change your process because it's physically impossible for you to hit a peak score if you're missing questions you know how to do. So if you watch the video that's linked in the description of this particular episode, you'll see Sal do some really nice work writing out the units and physically crossing them off, and I always, always recommend doing that. Um, again, if you're in the car or at the gym, just visualize how that would look. So what we would do here, what I would do, is uh, pretty much exactly what Sal does. I would go 60 seconds per minute times 60 minutes per hour. I would physically cross off the minutes in the denominator of the first number and the numerator of the second. And then I would carry over my units to seconds per hour and then six times six is 36. I add two zeros at the end, that gets me 3,600 seconds per hour. Then I just have to be careful multiplying 18.5 miles per second times 3,600 seconds per hour and that's gonna get me my miles per hour answer. So at that point, what you probably wanna do is ignore the double zero at the end of 36. Do 185 times 36, you do the long multiplication there, that will get you 6,660 but you ignored a decimal point in 18.5. If you need help with your decimal multiplication, check out Foundations of Math once again, or Khan Academy for free. That'll get you 666, and then we add two zeros that we left off previously to get 66,600 miles per hour. So another insane week for me in the business life and personal life, so I'm gonna call it there. Um, once again, feel free to reach out to me if you have feedback on the episodes or if you have any requests for particular types of episodes that you would like me to address. And I'm going to do my best to be as creative as I possibly can going forward. But I'm a, a little pressed for time with some of these new video ventures that I'm getting into and just a lot of stuff on the personal front, frankly. But I'm going to do my absolute best to continue pushing weekly episodes. If it turns out I'm not going to be able to keep up with that for any reason, I will let all of you know. But as always... In the meantime, my greatest hope is that this content will make your studies as easy and as painless as they possibly can be. If you want more tips and strategies for optimizing your performance on the GMAT, just head to my website, thegmatstrategy.com, or click the link in the description of this podcast and check out my free video on how to achieve your dream GMAT score in half the normal time and with half the normal effort. In the meantime, this is a weekly show, so please subscribe and stay positive and stay consistent with your studies. I'll talk to you all soon.